Hey guys, what's up? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. I've got a lot to talk about today. A lot of housewives stuff. I actually was going to have a guest on, but it's the Super Bowl in the States and everyone was like busy all weekend, so I couldn't book anyone. I just thought, whatever, I'll just do a solo because there's actually like, there's a lot happening that I want to get into, okay? A lot in Beverly Hills and I'm really into this new season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey as well. Uh, I also just binged the first few episodes of the new season of Love is Blind, which I'm going to get into a bit later on. That is like my favorite dating show, Obsessed. Uh, two things I want to address really quickly. And if you follow follow me on Instagram, you would have already seen me talk about this. You guys should be following me on Instagram. I think most of you do, although it, most of my podcast listeners follow me on Instagram, but the same is not cannot be said for the Instagram followers listening to my podcast because- The amount of fucking DMs I get on Instagram of like, uh, what do you think of the Real Housewives of Miami? It's like, uh, I talked about it on my podcast. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? What's this about? It's like, talked about it on my podcast, talked about it on my podcast, talked about it on my podcast. Like, why are you following this account if you don't listen to my podcast? That's why it's there. Like, I don't enjoy Instagram. It's there because of the podcast to promote the podcast. It's not there to like... Just promote me. So, you need to listen to the fucking podcast, okay? But two things that I did address on my Instagram stories. One, um, this isn't that big of a deal, but I did talk about something on my Patreon and actually talked about it on Instagram as well, about those real dolls. And I think people got it confused and they think that I want to fuck one of those real dolls. I don't, okay? I was talking about it in a hypothetical. I'm just saying that those real dolls, okay, the female ones, not the male ones look like like a ventriloquist dummy from a Goosebumps book that's going to kill you. The female real dolls, they are very attractive, okay? They look like, have you played the video game Dead or Alive? Dead or Alive, it's like a fighting game. It's like Street Fighter or Tekken, and it's famous for having all mostly all-female characters, and they all have, like, huge boobs and tiny waists and everything. That's what real dolls look like. And I was just like, look... I can see how a straight man would want to fuck one and would want one as his, like, Stepford wife, okay? Like, I get it. I get why the thought would cross your mind. I'm not saying that I want to do it. I'm just like, I can see how a man would think, hmm, should I do that? Even like, okay, men are just wired differently. So, you know, American Pie, when he fucks the apple pie, look, I've never tried to fuck an apple pie in my life, okay? But- The reason that joke is funny is because a lot of guys, like, they would think about something like that. It doesn't have to be a pie, but, like, men will fuck anything, okay? Especially one of those hot real dolls. So, I'm just saying, look, it's a fact of fucking life, okay? But do I want to fuck a real doll? No. If I was a straight man, would the thought cross my mind at some point? Probably would, okay? That's all I was saying. The other thing was, okay, I addressed this on Instagram too. I got left this one-star review, which, whatever, that's fine. But this review was so stupid, okay? Someone wrote, had to stop listening. My favorite is when he tells black people how to react to racists like Joe Rogan. Okay, um, I never told anyone how to react to it. Literally, all I said was, watch his apology videos on the COVID and the racism thing, then react. That was it. And I even, I was trying to do you guys a favor because I was like, even if you don't like him, listen to his his like apology and then you'll be better equipped to be able to criticize him because you'll know what you're talking about. Okay. Like, is it problematic now not to be ignorant? Is that the thing? Like, I must have missed that memo. Like, okay, from now on, when I review reality shows on the podcast, I should probably just not watch them. I'll just stop watching them and just talk about them, even though I haven't seen them, and just be really obnoxious with my opinions of something that I don't know anything about, because I guess that's what we have to do now, because I wasn't allowed to tell someone, you should watch this so you know what you're talking about, and then react to Like, why would you want to react to something that you don't know anything about? Because my whole thing was like, I kept getting people messaging me going, oh, look what Joe, because, you know, I post about Rogan on my Instagram. We're not doing another Rogan rant, by the way. That's dumb. But I'm just saying I do post about him on my IG and then people message me and I'm like, you've never listened to his show. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You saw a headline and that's it. Yeah, I just said, listen to the thing and then respond to it. And now someone's said that I tell black people how to react to racists. Um, you just are hearing whatever you want to hear. Uh but whatever, I guess we're only allowed, the only acceptable discourse and criticism today moving forward is you go on Twitter and you see a tweet 
and you don't know anything about it, you just see the tweet, you just see the headline, then you just become enraged about it. But don't read the article, don't know what you're talking about, because you're not allowed to do that, apparently, according to this person. This person that left that review, they should get a lobotomy. I will actually help them book it. I will take them to, like, I'll go on the dark web. I'll find some weird underground, like, black market doctor from god knows what country i'm not going to name a country specifically because someone will say that's racist why did you say guatemala you know whatever some eastern european like black market doctor and i'll get you a lobotomy because you don't want to know about anything you just want to comment on anything and be completely ignorant so you can do that now Let's get into the hottest topic of the week, which is Kathy fucking Hilton imploding on the upcoming season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She is no longer the fan favorite. Well, I think she will be until the end. And I'm so glad that all the Kathy Hilton stands are going to look stupid now because I think she called someone a faggot. And you guys were like overstanding her. Look, Kathy Hilton was entertaining last season of Beverly Hills. I enjoyed her a lot, but. The hunky-dory, it was not that funny, okay? Like, it wasn't that funny. And you guys went on and on and on about this one hunky- Who's hunky-dory? What's hunky-dory? You were fucking wearing t-shirts with hunky-dory. You had the where's hunky-dory mug. You had the hunky-dory, like, trucker cap. It's not that funny, okay? It was slightly amusing, in the moment, just like the housewife shows, they have a lot of funny little moments throughout an episode. It wasn't something we needed to be discussing for a whole year about, oh my God, Kathy Hilton said, who's hunky dory? She knows what hunky dory means, by the way. That was fake. You actually fell for that. Like she was putting on a ditzy act. That's what Paris Hilton, they both do it. Paris Hilton got that from Kathy Hilton. Kathy Hilton's done a lot of TV. Kathy Hilton, like, She's an actress, okay? She she actually was an actress. And then, hang on a second. Chunky, stop licking. Stop it. Sorry, it's my dog. He was, like, licking loudly. Uh, there's this whole thing about Kathy Hilton that back in the day her mother taught her how to, like, seduce men and how to marry into money. That It's, like, in that, that House of Hilton tell-all book, okay? So she's a she's fake. Like, yes, yeah, she's fun on the show, but that wasn't real, the hunky-dory thing. And you guys were acting like she was the new George Carlin or Joan Rivers because she said, who's hunky-dory? Like, stop, okay? So this is what has happened on the new season with Kathy Hilton. This is according to multiple sources, including Radar Online, including Zach Peter from the No Filter podcast. Shout out to Zach. We love Zach. So the women filmed a cast trip to Aspen. It was sort of the last big cast trip of the season. They all go to Aspen and they're filming in this exclusive like members only club. Okay. It's like really high end kind of stuff. And they film their scenes, whatever. They probably film a dinner party and bicker about something stupid. The cameras go down and then the crew goes home and then some of the women stay back in Aspen because they're like, oh, the cameras are down. Let's have a few drinks after work. Kathy wanted the DJ to play Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Now, you guys, if you know anything about the Hiltons, you know that they're very, they were good friends with Michael Jackson before he died. Especially Kathy, Paris Hilton's a friend of Michael Jackson's. They're very close to Michael Jackson. They love all of his music. So, the DJ would not play the song and Kathy threw a tantrum, <laughs> like a diva tantrum. Now, what happened during the tantrum is debatable, okay? So, there's some rumors that she used a homophobic slur, which that means she called the DJ a faggot, okay? Because there's no other homophobic slur except that. Um, that's one rumor. Someone, Radar Online, said that she went, I'm going to show you what white privilege is about. I don't know if she would really say, I can't imagine someone saying that. That sounds like fan fiction, but maybe she did. I don't know. We do not know. None of it was caught on camera. The camera crew were not there. Kathy's rep has denied it. They've played it down. Uh, they said that, no, actually, a, a Radar Online source, which is, the source is clearly Kathy Hilton's manager, okay? So, Kathy Hilton's people have given Radar Online some background. That's how this tabloid stuff works. And... Radar Online said that one of the employees there was extremely rude to Kathy when she asked for them to play the Billie Jean song. And then that's what set her off. And they made some really like, you know, horrible comment to her and were very rude and had an attitude. So Kathy was just reacting to that. Um, that source is clearly Team Kathy. And I don't believe that because why would a waiter at a members only exclusive fancy club in Aspen? 
be rude to Kathy Hilton, a VIP guest. Like, they would be eating Kathy Hilton's shit. They're not just going to, like, be totally rude because she asked them to play, like, the, the DJ to play a song late one night after a long day of filming that, you know, would have had to be approved by the club and everything, right? Because you don't can't just show up with the camera crew. So, it would have been approved. So, they would have all, like, known who she is. They would have been trying to make the women feel comfortable. They know that the... um that whatever this Aspen club is, it's going to get promoted on the show. So they're not going to be like rude because she asked someone to play a fucking Michael Jackson song. Anyway, she was clearly being a diva. And after all of the drama, Lisa, Rinna and Kathy left together. It's like, okay, let's go. Lisa Rinna's taking Kathy back to, you know, the lodge or the cabin, wherever the hell they're staying. And then there's rumors that Kathy continued on with her tantrum back at the lodge when they got back. And the rumours of this meltdown, they ended up leaking to the press. You might have seen it a few weeks ago. I'm sure it was on the, you know, um, Bravo Tea Spiller on Instagram, whatever, you know, all these stupid accounts, okay? So, it was probably on one of those. And then Kathy came out to do some damage control. She spoke to E! News and she was like, that's not true. You know, I didn't do this because I think the original report said that she threw a tantrum and then she called her husband, Rick, and was like, get me out of here. Come and pick me up. You know, I'm too good for this. And Kathy Hilton denied it. And she said that it, like, she sort of was like, yeah, I wasn't having the best time, but, you know, it wasn't that dramatic. Well, after she came out and denied it, my girl Lisa Rinna started posting all these cryptic captions on her Instagram. I don't know if you guys have been following, you know, Lisa Rinna for years, but basically, Every season of The Real Housewives, when Lisa Rinna starts getting in the drama, she starts posting, like, cryptic quotes and memes all over Instagram. She's been doing this for years, and it started up again after Kathy came out and denied the rumours, and Lisa Rinna was like, you better believe I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. Oh, we're selling, not selling, we're sending cease and desist letters. Oof, you're so angry. Bring up cease and desist. We know that um, Denise Richards sent out cease and desist letters. Uh, so, Lisa Rinna is doing all that, being a mess on Instagram. We love it. And according to Zach Peter, the cease and desist letter, they did go out, but it actually wasn't to the cast. It was to people in the media because Kathy is trying to kill this story. She doesn't want this story about her behavior, about the slur, about anything coming out in the media and it is something you could bury because it wasn't caught on camera or anything like that. You know, it's not going to be on the show. So, it's the media outlet's word against Kathy. So, if she's denying it and, you know, she, if they don't have proof of it and then they go, Kathy Hilton called someone a faggot, they can't really run that, like, unless they have enough evidence to back it up so she could sue for defamation, whatever. So, she's sending out cease and desist letters now, they just filmed a cast event with all of the girls. Kathy was not there and she did not show up for the finale party either, which was filmed, I think, today, yesterday. She wasn't there. So, she's doing the classic Beverly Hills thing, which is when you start getting in the shit and you start getting called out for something that you don't want to address. You just, like, run for the hills. Lisa Vanderpump did this. Adrian Malouf did this back in the day. Denise Richards did this. I don't know why these fucking Beverly Hills women think they can get away and keep doing this, but apparently they do. Now, this is what I think probably happened, okay? This is all my hypothetical, all right? I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like I'm usually right on this stuff, and you'll go back, oh my god, that's exactly what happened, Shark, you'll be telling me that in six months. So, this is what I think happened. They're at the end of filming the season, right? And I don't think that Lisa Rinna would have gone out of her way to bring up this stuff about Kathy because- they're at the end of the season, so there's not really that much for Rinna to gain. It's not like the season's going slow and we're at the start of it and, you know, we need to spill some tea and get something happening. So, I don't think she would have – and she's friends with Kathy Hilton. So, I don't think she would have gone out of her way to bring this up. But I think that then when Kathy went out to the press and started saying that it wasn't true, that's what would have set Lisa Rinna off because Lisa Rinna has the biggest bullshit meter. She – does not like when people come out lying about something and not telling the truth. You know, she's all about, you've got to own it. You've got to own it. The more you lie and try to get out of something, the more Rinna is going to bring it up and come for you. And it could have even been a situation where since Lisa Rinna was the one that was with Kathy that night, Lisa Rinna may have felt like, okay, now you're acting like 
now this makes me look like a liar because maybe Lisa Rinna may have repeated this to Erica Jane. She's friends with Erica. She might have said, God, you won't believe what happened with Kathy Hilton. And then Kathy Hilton sending out cease and desist. And then Lisa Rinna's like, well, I'm not a liar. I'm just saying what happened, which is, you know, sort of what happened with Brandy Glanville. She's like, hey, I'm not lying. Like, all I did was tell some people what happened and now you're trying to bury it. And then that just sets the person off more. And if a homophobic slur was used, uh, you better believe that Rinna's probably going to talk about it and definitely Erica Jane because Erica Jane's whole thing is like, I'm the queen of the gays. Like, Erica Jane only has gay male friends. I don't think she has any other friends or anyone else in her life. So she's all about the gays. All the gays buy her music. She toured the gay clubs for years. As you guys know, I was a big Erica Jane fan from way back in the day, pre-Housewives, just because, you know, I, I loved all of her songs and her dance remixes, all the gays who knew her, or at least they did back then. Um, and if Kathy was smart, what she would do is she would show up to filming, she would own what happened, but also kind of play it down, like, you know, own it and then give a fake apology to Rina, like, oh my God, I'm really sorry I was jet lagged and the altitude in Aspen and I drank too much and I thought that the, I heard the waiter call me something and I should have never behaved like that and then just like kill it and move on and then change the subject to something else. I'm sure there's been other drama this season, put it back on, you know, Dorit or whatever else is going on, something with Erica, I don't know, but deflect. She should have done that, but she didn't do that and Rinna smells bullshit and the more you try to get out of it, the more Rinna's going to fucking come for you and make an issue out of it. And now it's out there and Rinna's obviously, like, Rinna's loving it because if you just look at her Instagram stories, um, she's just, yeah, she's just having the time of her life putting out all these cryptic posts. And I fucking love it. And I don't know how anyone can dislike Lisa Rinna. She's amazing. And she does not come for you if you haven't done anything wrong, okay? She never backstabbed Eileen. Eileen was an amazing person. She comes for you. If you're fucking lying and you're getting paid all this money to be on this show and then you do something, it's a reality show, it's your real life, and then you try to bury it. Like, she will come for you. And Kathy Hilton got paid a lot of money for this season, which may have caused some resentment with the cast because, you know, Kathy Hilton was really good on Beverly Hills. Like, she was a great addition as a friend of the show. Like, I loved it, but... Her whole thing of, you know, holding out and – because she held out at the start of filming. She didn't film at the beginning and she was negotiating with Bravo and then they had to pay her, like, a ton of money to come in and film with them. And it's like, girl, come on, who do you think you are? What else better do you have to do than to film this? Just get your ass here and film Beverly Hills and have a good time. Like, you don't need to be a diva and hold out for all this money. You're not broke. Like, it's not like Brandy Glanville where she needs the money and it's like, well, I'm not going to go and do all this work and give you a storyline if you're not going to pay me money. Like, Kathy Hilton's just a friend of the show. She doesn't have to be in drama. So, she clearly has this huge ego and maybe that's rubbed her in her and some of the other women the wrong way. Now, the fans are so stupid, right? So, what's going to happen when this airs is that no matter how many receipts there are, no matter matter how many eyewitness accounts, um, we're going to see the cease and desist letters. There's going to be all of this evidence that we know that Kathy obviously had a fucking meltdown at this club in Aspen. Like, we know that that's what happened. But because it wasn't on camera and because Lisa Rinna is the one talking about it and because Kathy is one of these, like, generic fan faves... The fans are going to be like, um, you know, Rinna's lying. That never happened. She's making it up. Like, you know, they didn't believe her with Denise. They didn't believe her with fucking Lisa Vanderpump. But at least Rinna was telling the truth. Like, and you read that um, that book that came out, the, the Dave Quinn book, Not All Diamonds and Rosé. And all the producers and stuff said that Lisa Rinna was correct and that Lisa Vanderpump did do that thing with Puppygate. But you just have these diehard fans that they... You know, they love Lisa Vanderpump, they hate Lisa Rinna, and whatever Lisa Rinna does, they will hate it automatically. So, people are going to delusionally support Kathy Hilton, and it's going to be annoying. And this will include woke fans who, again, they think everything's a microaggression, but Kathy Hilton saying faggot, they'll make an excuse. Not that it's that big of a deal. Although, you know, it is funny, right? So, I say faggot all the time. I love using that term, and I was thinking about how... There are certain other words that, you know, we absolutely cannot say. And those compilations came out of not just Joe Rogan, but 
It was Joe Rogan. It was the Young Turks. It was a bunch of other people. They brought up, um, they brought up the Rock seeing Tranny, and I was like, oh, I wonder if in like ten years I'll have a compilation of me going faggot, 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 faggot on this, and then at that point, like, I mean, gays can still say it. Gays always say it with each other, like you know, we love that word, but it might become like it might get like a bit of an n-word status in 10 years and then there's going to be a compilation of me dropping f-bombs on here well even if there is i don't care but yeah i don't know food for thought i don't even know what food for thought means anyway the new season of beverly hills there's more drama it's not just the kathy hilton shit because garcelle and erica are also beefing obviously i'm team erica it goes without saying that's my girl now, there were rumors that Erica fell out with Sutton and Garcelle because they went and unfollowed Erica on Instagram. This was like a month or two ago. It was like so immature. Like, oh my God, we're going to unfollow her on Instagram. Like, you women are like 60 and you're unfollowing Erica over filming a TV show, whatever. But they did that and they did that on purpose because they wanted the fans to notice it because. They know the fans and the blogs pick up on that stuff and then they know that, like, you know, they're going to get all these tweets of, like, yes, Sutton and Garcella dragging Erica. Like, they do it on purpose and they want to, like, whip fans up um, because they live for that. They're obsessed with it. That's all they care about. Like, they just – all they want is, like, good feedback from the fans and they'll do anything. They have no soul. So, after that, Garcella went on The Real, that's her talk show, and she bashed Erica in this segment about these diamond earrings that – Erica was in possession of. So Erica had these diamond earrings and then they said, hey, these earrings, um, they were bought with the money for the plane crash victims. And then everyone was going, why isn't Erica returning the earrings? And I believe the earrings have been returned now. And it was like, I think I talked about this at the time, but it's like, you can't just, Erica can't just take off the fucking $75,000 earrings, $100,000 earrings. I can't remember how much they were. There are a lot. Maybe there are 175. A lot of, they're worth a lot of money. She can't just walk into the, lawyer's office and like chuck them on the desk here's the earrings you wanted it's like a legal process that you go through there's all these steps you've got to hand it over to the right people then you know and it's a lot of money so you've got to make sure it's in the right hands it's a whole thing anyone with half a brain knows this and understands this but garcelle went on the reel and these talk shows they're all pre-planned i did a show i did it used to do a um, k-pop talk show uh, for a radio network here in Australia. And that was like a low budget thing. And we had like producer meetings and like, these are the topics and this is what we're going to go over. So if we're even doing that for a cheap fucking community radio show in Australia, you better believe that on a show like The Real and The View, they're doing like meetings beforehand. These are the topics. So these are what you're going to say. You're going to have this position on it. You're going to have that position on it. Like it's all pre-planned, right? So Garcelle's gone out of her way. And she can say no to a segment. So if the producer goes, we want to talk about this Erica thing, she can say no. Or even when they are discussing the segment, she can just read it out factually and not give her opinion. But what she did was she went on here and she was like, yeah, she really should return those earrings. I would have returned those earrings. Those poor victims. She did a whole thing. She knew what she was doing. And that obviously is going to cause a lot of friction with her. And Erica, and Garcelle's not stupid. Garcelle knows that it's like, you know, a legal process to return these earrings, but she did it anyway to be shady. And you know that she's such a gaslighter. She always does that. She like throws a bomb. And then if you react, oh, you're a racist, you're this, you're that. She tries to turn the tables on you. She tries to manipulate you. She's going to be like gaslighting Erica. I have no control over the topics that I talk about. You know, my producer said that and I was like, why didn't you return the earrings? Full well knowing like why the earrings weren't handed back immediately. So that's going to happen and that's going to be, you know, juicy to watch. Obviously, I'll be team Erica and obviously uh, I'm going to be called racist for 20 weeks straight for not taking Garcelle's side. So let's buckle up for that. Uh, We also have Dorit's robbery, which I think is going to kick off the season. So it's going to kick off with a bang. Do I think that some women are going to question Dorit's robbery? Yes. Um, I think that's going to come up. And I think it's going to be a classic Beverly Hills situation where somebody probably, I'm thinking it'll be, okay, so Dorit has a lot of friends on the cast. So the only ones she's not friends with is Garcelle and Sutton and maybe the new Diana. Uh What's going to happen, in my opinion, is someone will make a vague, like Sutton or Diana, the new girl, will make a vague comment about, oh, that's like, how convenient that she got robbed, you know, and then someone like Elisa Rinna 
or a Kyle will kind of twist that and then go, oh, did you hear what what Sutton said about Dorit's robbery? And then that'll get brought up and then Sutton will try to defend herself and then Dorit will be like, well, what exactly did you say? So I think it'll be like that, but I don't think anyone's going to like come for her over it. My prediction is it'll be sort of like a ambiguous comment that will get, you know, twisted and put through the rumor mill, like typical Beverly Hills vibes. Uh In other Beverly Hills news, Kim Richards did an Instagram live and she was high as a fucking kite. She was wasted out of her mind. She always is, okay? So, she disappeared a few years ago. She actually kind of just dropped off the face of the earth when she left the Housewives of Beverly Hills. And anytime I've seen her pop up, like... She basically, you never see her, but sometimes like a cameo video with her and it will leak or there'll be a photo of her on the Daily Mail and she looks drunk and high, you know, I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it. Like, it is what it is. She looks fucking high, like she's on the gear. And she said in this Instagram live, she was like, well, you know, Andy called me to talk about returning to the show. First of all, she'll never be back full time. I get people going, we need Kim back. She's too old. She's Her storyline's done, like, it's not going to happen. She'll never be full-time. If she's clean and sober, which she's not, but if she's clean, I could see her coming back in a Kathy Hilton capacity because, of course, producers would want to capture more dynamic between Kathy, Kyle, and Kim, but Kathy's not going to film the show anymore after this season because she almost didn't film this season, and now that this whole drama's happening and she's getting dragged... Kathy Hilton absolutely will not be back for another season, so we're never even going to get the three of them. So maybe with Kathy gone, they will try to coax Kim back for a couple of scenes because they do love that. Maybe they'll try and get Paris Hilton on Beverly Hills for some cameos because she has her own Peacock show, that Paris in Love, which I cannot believe they stretched that for like 11 episodes, like or 10 episodes, whatever. I, I've said this before, but I really was like, oh, this is a, like, this must be a one episode or a three episode special at Mac, like Max. I cannot believe that they got 11 episodes out of Paris Hilton getting married. And no, I didn't watch it. And I saw some clips. And I'm sure it's cute, but it also definitely wasn't appointment television. Um, and Kim Richards also said that she does not talk to Brandy Glanville anymore. Uh, I knew that they had fallen out. And it's Kim's fault. Brandy has mentioned it before on her podcast over the years. It's been a few years now. And I think that actually, no, it's been since the Denise Richards season because, but they had had, okay, I'm getting tongue tied. Kim and Brandy have had a few on and off ups and downs since uh, they were on Beverly Hills together. And then they patched things up and then they filmed Beverly Hills and Kim Richards was the one that brought up, like, if you guys remember with the Denise Richards, you know, who ate Denise Richards pussy out, Kim actually kind of brought that up. And I think Kim was the one that pushed Brandy to say it. Like, Kim was sort of more behind that than Brandy. And, you know, Kim knew what she was doing. Kim wanted to be on the show. Kim wanted to make a moment. Kim was probably trying, hoping they'll get, you know, some money for it. And then... What happened, to my knowledge, from listening to Brandy's podcast, I think um, some stories came out that were, that it was like, was Kim and Brandy hooking up? Which obviously they weren't, but you know what the, the Housewives rumor mill is like and the fan accounts make all these rumors up. So, something came out with like Brandy and Kim fucking and then I think Kim got offended by that and upset and she felt like maybe Brandy didn't squash the rumor quick enough and then she just got weird and stopped talking to her and then as well- Kim's an addict, clearly, and addicts do go into their little hole when they're, you know, on a binge or when they're off the wagon because they feel ashamed and they don't want to see people, especially someone like Brandy who's very honest and was very close to Kim. Like, Brandy is going to call Kim on her shit and go, hey, girl, like, you got to get it together. I know it's a struggle, but, you know, you got to get into rehab. And Kim's not going to want to hear that because we remember how full-on Kim was even during those Beverly Hills years when she was trying to go, I'm sober, I'm sober, and, like, she clearly wasn't sober. So, you know, things aren't looking good for Kim. It is what it is. Uh, she's not going to be back on the show full-time, so stop pretending, stop living in a fantasy land. There's a constant thing with the Housewives fans of, we need to bring back this person. It's like most people you don't need to bring back. Like, just because they were good at that moment, they're not going to be good again. Like, they may be good on a spin-off. Like, I love that Jill Zarin is back for the Ultimate Girls Trip spin-off. I think it's cool that Phaedra's back, but, you know, 
they serve their time. Like, not everyone is going to be good. There are certain exceptional cases where it's like, yes, they should come back. Like, I think Heather Dubrow back on OC was a smart choice. It should have happened years ago. But, you know, Sheree back on Atlanta is good. You know, I love how they keep bringing her back, but not everyone needs to come back. So, I am surprisingly into the Housewives of New Jersey this season. I've seen the first two episodes. I think episode three will have aired by the time this pod drops. I usually cannot stand Housewives of New Jersey. I've been very open about it. I didn't even finish last season. I think it's kind of the worst of the Housewives shows in general. The only season that I really liked was the first two seasons were fucking legendary. Like, they are classics, although you do need to, if you rewatch them, you need to fast forward through the Caroline Caroline Manzo family scenes. Um, They're unwatchable. But the rest of it is a classic. Season three was good, but it still wasn't the same. Like, it's just the show The show needs Danielle in some capacity, and it's kind of a misconception, in my opinion, that Teresa is the one that makes the show good, because for me, it's only watchable when Danielle's on it. And my other favourite season, besides the first two, was actually the Siggy Flicker season with the cake, which a lot of people hated it. That's the season where Margaret came on, but I just thought... Siggy was so crazy and it was quite funny and there was a lot of drama and it was like Siggy and Dolores first, the rest of the girls. And that was the season that Danielle came back and she was stirring the pot and they had that huge fight in Milan and they had another fight where Teresa threw a wine glass at the wall and they had a fight um, at the posh fashion show. I just thought that was a kind of crazy season. I don't know why it got so much hate. I think people couldn't handle Siggy going on about the cake, but... I thought it was so hilarious. I thought Siggy unraveling was the most entertaining thing ever. I loved it. And I agreed with her about the cake. Like, I would be very upset if someone came in and smashed the cake and acted like an animal in this classy restaurant. So, Team Siggy on that one. And ever since then, I have not liked the show very much. I did not like when they brought Jackie and Jennifer on. You know, people were like, it's revamped Jersey. Jersey's back. In my opinion, no. Like, it actually got worse when Jackie and Jennifer came on. But this season, fucking love it. And one reason that I'm loving it is because Jennifer's ass is getting dragged back and forth as it should. She's the most obnoxious, unlikable housewife ever. Almost. Like, she's up there for me. Cannot stand her. And the thing is, you cannot be Team Jennifer. Now, I know that a lot of fans love her because, look, Teresa has, like, a cult fandom in the New Jersey viewership. And Jennifer strategically paired herself up with Teresa. So, she gets a lot of those Teresa fans. And also, Jennifer's just, like, obnoxious and gross and contrived. And you do have that part of the Housewives fandom that they really... They just want the fake housewife that's going to come in and just be obnoxious and make fights over anything. You know, like, that's just sort of what they want to watch. So, she has these, like, weird fans. But the thing is, she's wrong. Okay, so what is happening on this season, if you guys don't know, is that Margaret brought up that Jennifer's husband, Bill, cheated on her, like, 10 years ago while Jennifer was pregnant It came out and Margaret brought it up because it's like Jennifer has come for everyone else about their marriages, especially Margaret, relentlessly about Margaret's marriage because Margaret was open about getting together with her her husband or her partner, I can't remember if they're married, um, through an affair. And Jennifer always brings it up. Jennifer always acts like she has the perfect family. She has the most happy marriage ever. And she really doesn't if her husband cheated on her and she's put the other women through hell and been so judgy about it. She came after Jackie when they were making rumors up about Evan cheating on Jackie. It came out that Jennifer had maybe called up Frank to get information about uh, what was going on with Evan. If, you know, do you have proof of Evan cheating? Stuff like that. Jennifer sort of denied it, but she denied it on Instagram, but she admitted it in her confessional on the show. So it's like, girl, just keep it straight. Like, she's horrible. And look, I don't know if Jennifer's a nice person in real life. She very may well be, but on the show, she's just awful and she'll attack anybody over the most petty and gross shit and take low blows and just be so obnoxious just to make a TV show. 
And now she's like playing the victim that it's come back on her. And it's like, no, 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 girl, you went on a show about getting your dirty laundry out there. You came after Margaret relentlessly and Jackie a little bit about their marriages and affairs. And your husband did the same thing to you and you took him back. So what does that make your fucking husband? You know what I mean? Like, what, is your husband a piece of shit now? Because you acted like Margaret was for having an affair. So is your husband that? Or did he simply have an affair and, you know, you guys moved on and you're happy now? Which in that case, wouldn't you understand that those things are just natural blips on the radar that can happen in, you know, marriages and long-term relationships? So why would you judge Margaret over it. Oh, yeah, you were just being horrible for content for a television show. And she's running around on the Housewives now on this season, you know, crying and she's so upset and this is going to affect my children. Again, she doesn't care if anyone else's children are affected by anything horrible she does, but now she's the victim. She went on Twitter and she put out some statement about, you know, the school counselor asked Gabby if she's okay because of what's going on 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 the show. Please leave my children out of it. It's like, girl, you put your family on this show. You milk your family every season. So you don't have to like, because you don't want your dirty laundry out there. You select other family members to have storylines about. You had your gay brother. You milked that, which was really actually horrible to Jennifer's mother. Because Jennifer's mother was from a different generation. She was Syrian immigrant. And she put the mother in front of a fucking camera crew with the gay brother and was like, why don't you accept him? Cause he's gay and milked that. Then she milked her parents divorce. Uh, she milked her daughter being bullied. Like she puts out all of her family's business on that fucking show strategically as well. And now she's like, Oh my God, my children. Well, you put them in the firing line. Okay. And you did it for fame. Like that's the thing about her. She's so gross that she'll hurt anyone. Say anything for fame. She'll go to fucking Turkey and get a botched nose job and a chin implant, which she didn't need because she's so caught up in her image and fame now from being on the show. And then she's so thirsty that on top of that, when the nose job is botched, she makes it like a storyline and leans into it because it gets her like anything that will get her attention. She loves. So I just think she's such a gross person. And again, maybe she's nice off the show, but the show brings out the worst in her and she should fucking get off it. And she has no friends on that cast now which is so well-deserved. Like, Dolores has not taken her side. Teresa kind of has, but, like, Teresa doesn't give a shit about her. Like, Teresa cares about Teresa. Like, Teresa will throw anyone away. Like, Danielle was Teresa's soldier, and then as soon as Danielle got in some shit, Teresa threw her to the wolves and let her take the heat for pulling Margaret's hair. And then when Danielle finally fessed up, then the whole cast turned on Danielle because they all have to kiss Teresa's ass to stay on the show. She has too much power. So, Jennifer has no friends on there. But now, what is actually pissing me off so much is that Jackie, because I saw this in the next episode preview, Jackie's defending Jennifer and being friends with Jennifer. And I have two theories about this. Um, Because Jennifer has relentlessly come after Jackie and it's been vicious and it's been ugly. And Jackie was part of that whole thing with Teresa spreading the rumor about Evan cheating. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm getting all over the place now. Another thing I've got to address, people are going, well, what Margaret did is no different to what Teresa did last season when Teresa brought up the Evan thing. Um, Teresa showed up to Evan's birthday party and just walked around to everyone at the party going, did you hear that Evan cheats on Jackie? Just to everyone there, just to spread it, to try and ruin the party vindictively. It was such a vile thing to do. What Margaret did was in retaliation for years of Jennifer coming for her And she just said it to Jennifer's face, like, directly. She wasn't, like, going around a party telling everyone else. So, it's completely fucking different. So, stop. And I get that people think Margaret's annoying because I used to hate Margaret. But my thing with Margaret is, even when I hated her for all those years, nine out of ten times I agreed with her. Like, I was team Danielle. I was team Siggy. But I still was like, well, Margaret's correct. Like, Margaret is right in this. Margaret's actually the normal one. I just happened to find Danielle and Siggy more entertaining, and I kind of agree with the cake thing, so I'm going to take their side. But Margaret was always right, and even when I hated her, I could recognize that. And I agree with everything she says, and now she's actually my favorite because I actually do like her. But she's in the right. So if you want to be a a fan of Jennifer's, just admit 
Jennifer's wrong, but I just find Jennifer more entertaining. And I don't like Margaret for whatever reason, because I'm a tree hugger and, you know, she criticized my queen, Teresa, so I can't support her. But Margaret's correct about everything. So Jackie is befriending Jennifer and it's so fucking annoying because it makes no sense because Jackie does not like Jennifer. And I have two theories on this. One, it is a produced storyline kind of thing because Jersey, I do think, is one of the more produced seasons, although this one does feel more natural with all the drama going on for once. So it's one reason I'm liking it. But it's either a strategic thing, so Jennifer's not just going to be out on her own and it'll make the season a little bit more interesting, or it's because Evan really did cheat on Jackie, which I think a lot of us have suspected. Evan did cheat on Jackie, And Jackie doesn't want it brought up again. She doesn't want it rehashed. So she's befriending Jennifer as like a damage control. So Jennifer's not going to sort of like clap back with a, you know, well, Evan cheated on you sort of thing if, if Jackie comes after Jennifer. So I think Jackie's protecting her own ass. Now, there's a lot of talk in Jersey with these storylines and everything about like affairs all the time. Um, you know, everyone's had an affair. Like Joe, Juicy Joe had an affair on Teresa. There was rumors that Teresa cheated on Joe. There's this new friend of the show called Tracy. She's with some, I don't know what the guy's name is, but apparently he's famous. And a lot of people hated her on social media because the way that she got with this guy was like 10 years ago. He was. He had a wife that was pregnant and she came in and she was the other woman and now they ran off together. Well, it's 10 years later and they're still fucking together. And I just don't hold things like this against people, whether it's Margaret, whether it's Jennifer. Like the only thing I hate about Jennifer is the hypocrisy of coming for others, like when she knows better. But, you know, Tracy, like relationships are really complicated and it's so easy to go, oh my God, they got together through an affair. Oh, you were the other woman. Like, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not the best thing to do, but- At the end of the day, the two people that are in the relationship, it falls on them. It's not really the other person's fault. Like, you've made a commitment if you're in a relationship. If you're the other person, you don't owe anybody fucking anything. Like, you have to look out for number one. That's one thing. And then also, relationships are very complicated and complex and messy, and you never know the inside dynamics of what that situation is and why that person cheated, and it's not black and white. And unless you're in that bedroom and in that house and you know everything going on, You really shouldn't judge, especially if it's, like, the couple that had the affair are still together with, you know, married with kids 10 years later. Like, fucking get over it. Like, yeah, if it's some some hussy comes in and ruins a marriage and storms through and then, you know, runs off and hightails it out of there, leaving a path of destruction behind her, maybe you can judge them. But when the couple's actually, like, still together and stuff, like, get over it. Like, you're not perfect. Uh, Other housewife stuff, not a lot to say, but... I'm enjoying OC. A lot of people are not, I don't know much. There's nothing to say about it. Noelle is crazy. It's fun TV. I find that with OC, they have more real storylines in their individual lives. So like they had a scene where they were all talking about their daddy issues. And I thought it was really interesting. And I find Dr. Jen, she's the new girl on there. Her marriage is falling apart on the show and her husband sort of doesn't want to film the marriage breakdown because he's uncomfortable around the cameras and you can tell and he storms off and it sort of breaks the wall. And I just find all that interesting. So I like OC, but, you know, it's not people aren't throwing glasses in each other's faces and going, um, you know, you had an affair with a woman, a lesbian affair and I'm going to expose like it's not that. So I think there's a sort of younger demo of the fans that they do just want that sort of VH1 Zeus drama from their housewife shows. You know, they want it to be like Jen Shah. But I think for the old school housewives fans, we just find these women are interesting and they have interesting stories and it's nice to watch their lives in lovely OC. Uh, Real Housewives of Miami, not that much to say about it, but I love it. Every episode, I'm just so into it. Love the whole cast. Uh, whatever. I was going to talk a bit about it, but the, it's not, I have nothing interesting to add about it. Now, you want to know some real juicy fucking tea? Portia was apparently fucking a Real Housewives of Atlanta producer. So, do you guys remember a while ago, I may have talked about it, this producer, a former Atlanta producer came out on Instagram and he did this post and he was saying how when I was on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, you know, production wanted to make Portia look bad because this was the season after Portia and Phaedra made up those rumors that Candy tried to rape Portia 
and drug her and take her to a sex dungeon to rape her, which was the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of Housewives. And Phaedra got fired and somehow Portia, who Portia lied her ass off at that reunion and pretended that she had been fooled by Phaedra, which is not true. They were in on it together and Portia knew that it wasn't true. But anyway, she lied her ass off at that reunion. Then the next season... Bravo wanted to make Portia look bad as the, as you would as the villain because my it was the worst thing that's ever happened on Housewives and what happened was Portia kind of randomly just went and apologized to Candy even though she wasn't sorry by the way because afterwards she she said that she wasn't sorry and she didn't care and she kept coming for Candy she showed zero remorse but she gave a fake apology and it kind of stopped Candy and some of the other women coming for her on like a cast trip and it's sort of like some of the drama died down and then Portia was able to work on like rebuilding her image and she started doing all these fake storylines and doing charity and Black Lives Matter and everything and then she you know became a fan fave. Well, this producer was like, yeah, those, you know, they wanted to make Portia look bad so me and Portia planned for her to apologize to Candy abruptly like, you know, production didn't know about it and we did it behind production's back and then she went and apologized to candy on the spot and then candy accepted the apology and then it killed the storyline so they like concocted this whole thing and he put that out there as if it made Portia look good when it was like no this you just look disgusting you just look like the fakest person ever well the same producer came out on instagram again like a few days ago and he said he was fucking Portia. now he didn't say Portia's name but we know he was talking about Portia, and he said um the housewife that I was sleeping with, and he went, oops, I you know, shouldn't have said that. And he he wants it out there. Like, he's thirsty, okay? You know, he wants attention. And he put it out there on purpose, but... And it's his word against hers, but do I believe it? Absolutely. That would make sense that Portia, being on the outs on the show, she's totally the type that would start fucking a producer and scheming with him for her storyline on there because she's just... That's what she's like. And remember, Kenya before aired out that Portia was dating these rich Africans and these sugar daddies. And we know how Portia operates and so much has come out about Portia since. And when Portia took um, took Dennett, no, who'd she take? Simon, is that his name? She took that old dude from Fallon. Like, we know what Portia's like. We saw the fight on Portia's Family Matters, that brawl, disgusting person, and... I'm living for this. And, yeah, I cannot believe that people fell for Portia for so long. Um, If you're a Portia fan, you need to be like, oh, she's horrible, but she's good TV. But if you actually believe her, you're so stupid. If you believe that, like, the Black Lives Matter thing wasn't a PR PR thing to, like, make herself look better and repair her image, you are stupid because it was. And you need to face the facts. By the way, guys, um, thanks so much for everyone that's supporting the Patreon. It means a lot. Uh, it helps me out in so many ways. And I was actually meant to shout out people as they sign up on the pod. And you know what? I kind of forgot for the last two months. So here we go. Shout out Kate, Richard, Olivia, Marianne, Margaret, Lena, Rebecca, Whitney, Andrea, Cara, Heather, Kimberly, Tom, Brianna, Lily, Tina, Rachel, and Alice Rose. Thank you, guys. Seriously, it helps me so much. You have no idea. Uh, mentally, financially, and you get extra content on there. Um, you know, it's where I did my last bonus episode. You get a lot of stuff about my personal life, things that I don't share on the main show. Just a lot of it. And you can message me there, DM me there, give me feedback, all kinds of things. I do AMAs, all of that. So, anyway, while we were talking about Porsche, fucking the Atlanta producer... I want to talk about someone else that's in bed with a producer. So, this season of The Bachelor, this is Clayton's season, which I actually was not going to watch because I hated Clayton, but I actually think he's been a pretty good Bachelor, and I sort of am like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. I do miss Chris Harrison, but the guy they have filling in for him, he's an Otasia, but he's doing a pretty good job. So... There's this chick on this season, and she's not having sex with the producers, but she's clearly doing whatever they say, because she just came on The Bachelor to troll the whole show, and it's really funny. So, her name is Shanae, and every confessional, she's just talking shit about everyone and talking about how she's lying to Clayton and she's lying to the girls, and there'll be a scene, right, she'll go in and she'll apologize to the girls for, like, starting drama, 
and she'll cry and she'll be like, you know, I'm really, really sorry. Like, please give me another chance. And then they'll forgive her. And then she'll be in her confessional, like, give me all the Emmys. Give me the Oscars. I'm better than fucking Meryl Streep. Like, give me that fucking rose. Like, this is the Shanae show. I can't believe they fell for it. Like, every confessional she does is like that. And people, people are, like, really angry about her, but they really need her on this show because at this point there really wouldn't be that much drama and it's funny to watch somebody come in that's obviously aware of kind of how artificial these shows are and they're just not taking it seriously and they're just treating it like what it is which is I just want to stay on and get Instagram followers and fuck these bitches I don't know any of them it's a competition I want to send them home and She's expressing to me the purest essence of really what the show is because even the people that go on there and they end up falling in love and happily ever after, they came on wanting to be famous and get Instagram followers and then if they find love on top of that, it's a bonus. So, she's just exposing the show for what it is and I love it. And she may be eliminated by the time you guys are hearing this because the last episode was a cliffhanger where there's a two-on-one date between Shanae and this other girl, Genevieve, They go with Clayton and then it's like only one girl gets to leave. And Sinead's in a confessionals going, I'm going to push Genevieve into Niagara Falls. And the season was funny because there were like, there were two villains, right? So there was Sinead and there was this other girl, Cassidy, who Cassidy was really funny because Sinead like isn't witty. Like she doesn't have witty one-liners. She doesn't really have good confessionals. She's just kind of obnoxious and negative and just a troll, but it's funny. And this other girl, Cassidy, was a lot more likable and she was really sexual and she was just wrapping Clayton around her finger because she was just using all of her, like, sexual wiles to, like, wow him. And Shanae and Cassidy were friends. And Cassidy was, like, the Bachelor super fan because they would play these clips of Cassidy sort of telling Shanae, oh, no, don't do this because girls that do this, like, they never last past week three. And, like, she knew the whole formula. Like, she'd full-on studied it. And she got eliminated early on because she told one of the other girls, she's like, yeah, I've got this guy back home that I'm fucking and he's my fuck buddy and we were in a hotel before I came here and I told him, yeah, when I get out of The Bachelor, you know, we'll hook up again. And that was a real big mistake of hers because the other chick ran and told Clayton and then Clayton eliminated Cassidy on the spot. And then it was like Shanae then rose up because Shanae had been like Cassidy's little minion and Cassidy was the one that sort of knew all the formula of the show and was giving Shanae advice. And then it was like Shanae just was like off like a racehorse after that and is running the show and I can't wait to see her in paradise. So it's been a pretty fun season. I'm really actually enjoyed it a lot. Um, Okay, Love is Blind is back, and oh my god, you guys, that is my favourite, I think it's my favourite dating show, like I think I like it more than Married at First Sight Australia, which, yeah, Married at First Sight Australia, I've already given up on this new season, didn't like it, although they have had some funny storylines of like people having sex on their periods and everything, but anyway, we'll get into that another time. I think I like Love is Blind better than Maths and... The Bachelor and season two is back. And I'm actually going to watch, after I finish this season two, I'm going to watch There's Lovers Blind Brazil. It's on Netflix. And There's Lovers Blind Japan on Netflix. And I'm going to watch both of them. And this season, I've watched about three and a half episodes. So they release them in like batches. I think there's four out at a time. And it's really good. Like, I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, They've done a great job with the casting. The cast is actually a bit more unattractive compared to last year. And I think that's a good thing because, I mean, the premise is it's love is blind. So, you shouldn't have, like, supermodel. I mean, you should have, like, a few hotties in there, but you don't want everyone to be hot. Uh, And no one's – I wouldn't say anyone on there is ugly, although I wish they would put someone really ugly in. I mean, they put a few – They definitely, like, they'll put a few guys in there that are kind of short or balding or they'll put in some, like, overweight chicks, but they're still all attractive. And, of course, me being the troll that I am, I'm waiting for the matchup of, like, the superficial vein, like, personal trainer that gets matched with, like, the overweight chick and he loves her person. Like, a shallow howl moment, okay? But that hasn't happened yet. But anyway, the cast is less attractive and I like it because it's a bit like... These people really want to find love. They're really genuine. And remember, season one, there's two married couples from that season that are still together years later, which that's Cameron and uh, 
Cameron and what's her name, Lauren, and Amber and Barnett, they're still together. And I mean, those odds for a dating show, that's very high. To get two couples out of like four or five that are fucking married for several years, that's huge. So, you want people on this show to actually get married. You don't want it to just be a fame thing. And um, they're not as hot and they have very big personalities. Okay, there's a few really funny people in there. There is this one girl, Trisha, and she doesn't make it through. She's really only featured on, like, episode one. But she's, like, the pod slot. Like, every time she gets in the pod to talk with these guys, she's just talking about, like, how she's going to have sex with them and how hot she is and everyone wants to talk to me. And she kept going on about what a big Instagram following she has. I have a huge following on Instagram and everyone just watches me work out on there. And, you know, people get intimidated because I work out so much. They just, like, feel like they can't keep up with me. And, you know, like, she's just doing that all the time. So, I looked her up. Um, She had 8,000 followers. That's not a big Instagram following, honey, okay? And she didn't look that fit. Like, yeah, she's attractive. But, again, like I said, the people on this season, even the ones that are attractive, they're relatable, attractive. Like, oh, there's an attractive person I would see in real life as opposed to there's an Instagram model that I'm watching on Love Island. You know what I mean? So, looked her up, didn't have that many followers, and she's deleted her Instagram because I think she's probably getting so much backlash because she really, those producers did her dirty because every unflattering thing that she said was in there. She was going on about um, how she's better than the other girls and she's going to get the men from the other girls. Every guy that she went in the pod with, she just talked about how she wanted to fuck them and how much she loves having sex. I need to get fucked five times a day. So, there's her. I noticed that the contestants are a lot more... I don't know if it's just the editing, but they swear a lot more. They're a lot more frank about being sexual and they're just a lot more open about their feelings. Now, I'm going to get into the show a bit deeper, maybe next week, because I want to try to get some friends on that have watched it too, so we can really get into it. But And I want to give you guys time to watch it as well, because the episodes only came out like a day or two ago from when I'm recording this. So, you need to like jump on Netflix and watch Love is Blind. But one thing that I am curious about with the couples is... Now that they know how big season one was, how many of them are just trying to couple up with someone in the pod so they know they can make it to the next stage of the show and be in the couple and get all the airtime and get a million Instagram followers? Because there were, there was one, there's one couple, I won't spoil who it is, but they have a major difference over something that is, it's a deal breaker. It's, it's a values thing. And they say that if you don't have the same values as a partner, it's not going to work out. And this is one of those things. It's like a deal breaker. So, the fact that they got together and they both seem thirsty, I was like, hmm, they're taking a chance on this because they want to be on the show. And then there was another couple who, they're actually very cute together. And I, I've actually, I cried basically whenever they did the reveals of the couples having to meet for the first time. I cried every single time. But there was one guy that sort of went after one girl, then he got turned down and then he went for his second choice. And I kind of thought, hmm, are you just doing this because you want to be on the show? Um, And this one couple, this other one, the the one that I said that had the big difference and don't get along right, they clearly are not a match at all, right? And the girl, the girl is actually a Jessica 2.0. Remember Jessica, the villain from season one, and she was always drinking wine and she was in love with Barnett, but she was with uh, Mark, the personal trainer. They've cloned her character. It's like another blonde that is sort of exactly the same. And she's with this one guy that's the nice guy, but she has uh, feelings for like this other guy, right? And... This guy is so nice and he's like, she's obviously not into him. They have nothing in common. And then every confessional, he's like, I'm so lucky that I get to be with her. She's the most incredible woman. Like, I'm just blessed to have her around me. And like, she's nothing special. And it's like, dude, you're acting. Like, I know. And these shows are very fake now. They're not, it's not completely fake, but I know that love is, you know, obviously like people are married from Love is Blind. So, it's not fake, fake. It's not like Towie. It's not like scripted from top to bottom. But I know that like season one, they did film some fake scenes. I think when Giannina ran away from the church, that was fake because people found like an editing fail with her dress and a few other things. And we found out after season one, if you guys followed all the drama afterwards, that basically Jessica got a really, really bad edit And that Mark guy knew that 
like they weren't into each other, but Mark was playing up that he was into her for the show so he could look like this nice guy that was getting the runaround from Jessica. And then I think he was like hooking up with some other girl throughout the show. Like he was he was a dirty dog. And then he didn't even show up to that after the altar reunion special that they did because I think he knew that they were going to reveal the truth. So he didn't show up. So I just think that this other guy is doing straight out of the Mark playbook because he could not be that naive. There's no way he's sitting there going, oh, she's so, she's so amazing. It's like, dude, you have nothing in common. Like- You have different religions. You're a vegetarian. She's a big meat eater. She's like a typical, she needs like a redneck guy. But I love it. And I actually am not bothered that some of it's scripted now because that after the altar three episode special they did was so fucking fake when they had that whole storyline with Diamond going on, meeting the guy at the bar, and then they go to the thing together. And then um, Francesca from Too Hot to Handle comes in as Damien's date. And then- Giannina has a fight with her. Like, it was so staged, and I loved every second of it. And I just feel like this is my show, and I feel like I've come in at ground zero. It's not like, you know, I love The Bachelor, but I wasn't watching The Bachelor since it began. But I just feel like I've come into this, and I'm so passionate about it. It makes me cry. makes me laugh. I get fired up about it. I'm excited to watch the Brazilian version. I'm excited to watch the Japanese version. I'm all about it. So, I'm going to try and talk about it a bit more if I can get someone on the pod that's also watching it. And yeah. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Make sure you're following me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at UnpopularJP. And please tell people about the podcast. Share it with people that you think would like it, Housewives fans, people that you know want a reality TV pop culture podcast, but they just can't stand all of the... This sounds even cringy, me going, oh my God, you can't stand the woke podcast, so come to me. But it is true. Like... Those other podcasts are fucking unbearable and they can't have an opinion about anything because they're scared to comment on anything and they're the absolute worst. And that's why my podcast is the best. So please tell people about it. Spread the word. And what else? Oh, yeah. If you want to support me, of course, uh, Unpopular JP on Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash unpopular JP. You get access to bonus episodes. I am supposed to be interviewing Jessica Power again, finally. I had her on the show before, and I think I'm actually going to make that a Patreon episode because I want to get the tea from her about how OnlyFans works and the behind the scenes on that and all this kind of stuff. So there should be some fun things coming up on Patreon. Uh, Yeah, so thanks for listening. I will see you all next week, and have a great week, guys. Bye.